welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father, Rabbi Avi Harwitz, and myself, Ayelet, in our Bible-inspired conversation based on the weekly Torah portion. Our hope is to glean timeless Torah values to help us navigate the confusing world we live in today, as well as give us something to think about. This podcast is relevant for everybody and anybody, no matter your religious background. So with no further ado, let's get talking, let's get thinking, and let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy whatever day you're listening to this. Um, We are here today, and we are going to be discussing the really underrated topic of names. In this week's Bible portion, we have our matriarchs naming their children a lot of interesting names based on experiences that they had and hopes that they have for the future. Um, and it's a really interesting topic to get into what names mean and what even is the point of names. Why aren't we all called Dave? For any of you who've read the Dr. Seuss book, Too Many Daves, it was always very annoying for me to read that book. I didn't get it. Why is she calling all our children Dave? Short-sighted. Short-sighted, but for her, in the beginning, it was easier to call him Dave, I guess. Just one name for everyone. So, right. So, what, what is the point of name? Is it is it just a technical thing so that we're not all called Dave? And then when someone says, hey, Dave, we all turn around? Or is there something more meaningful to it? Let's let's find out. Well, that's a good place to start. I mean, that, that Dr. Seuss story, um, when I was reading it, when I was listening to it when I was younger, I thought it was very funny because... All the Daves come crashing into the house at the same time when the mother calls Dave, you know, so that was funny. But then as I got older, I realized that um, what he was trying to get at was that our names are very much synonymous with our particularity, our specialness. We wouldn't all want to have the same name because that would it wouldn't just be like wearing the same clothes, which I guess for some people is more horrible than others. (laughs) (laughs) But it's. It's like if you have the same, if everyone has the same name, there's you just there's something essentially lost when it comes to your individuality. Um, even though we all know in the back of our minds that we don't have original, original names. I mean, unless you do, <laughs> <laughs> right? But sometimes so I wonder. That's our question. Really. <laughs> that's where we want to get to today. What is the balance there? What um, and what what is the balance when we put names? Let's keep it uh, focused on children. We put names to our children, the um, our own children, or let's just keep it in the, in that sphere. You know, we like to feel inspired, and we look at all of the of the Bible, the Tanakh, and we say, "Well, they did it." And um, and why can't we just feel inspired and put some name? And a lot of people do do that. Meaning in reference to today's, to this week's portion where the matriarchs just go, you know, oh, now finally God listened, so I'm going to call him Shimon, this. Right. Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Issachar, Zebulun, they're all named after particular moments in time and inspirations. And, uh, you know, following the lines that we just said, I mean, maybe that is like an original twang to it. So a person could grow up and say, hey, you know, I have have this really original name. Uh, My parents were inspired and they named me that name. So is that short sighted? Do we have to worry about how popular the kids are going to (laughs) be when they come to school and they say that their name is... uh, you know, because my, your mother loved that song or from Uncle Remus, you know, it's 
it's um, we're not really going to go so much into the practical aspects of it. I think everyone can navigate that part themselves. But we want to talk about a little bit, the, take a little bit of a deeper look at the purpose of names. Um, what are names about? Um, how important are names? And in our tradition, in the Jewish tradition, it seems to be that there we we underwent a change from original naming to uh, repeat naming, to naming after others that have already lived their lives either, um, you know, years and years ago or after some great person or um, grandparents or parents, depending on the tradition, Sephardim, Jews from Sephardic custom named their children after live uh, parents and grandparents, whereas uh, those from the Ashkenazic tradition the uh, usually wait till the person is already deceased. In any case, it's uh, like a, for the most part, I would say, it's like a recycling of names. So where, where do we come down on that? Uh, how, can, how can we analyze that in a little bit of a deeper way? And finally, at the end of our podcast today, we'd like to discuss, you know, what the value is that we're going to try to learn from um, our discussion today. Because after all, we're trying to discuss, you know, values that are important and relevant for uh, today's life from these uh, portions that we read in the Torah. So let's get cracking. Um, <clears throat> what is the importance of names? Well, first of all, let's throw out some interesting things. You know, there's 2,800 personal names that are mentioned in the Bible, and they're shared um among 15,000 people, persons or people, right? In other words, um, there's a lot of original names out there in the, in the Bible. And um, the, the idea of putting names starts all the way almost in primordial times where God is said to bring to Adam, to Adam Rishon, the first man, um, living things so that he would put names to them. That seems to indicate that man was going to be a real partner with God to determine how to call things. So we're already thinking that this is not some incidental thing, the names of things. You know, the fact that things have different names is not just some kind of a um, happenstance uh, thing. It's that, in, in essence, what the name is trying to do is trying to capture the 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 fundamental aspect of the of the existence that we're talking about so if a man calls um, a lion a lion however he whatever language he was saying it in he was trying to convey a certain idea about the the aspects of the lion of what the lion represents perhaps in a greater sense um what strength the lion brings to the world you know how let's say uh, goodness uh, can be manifest through through the lion. So that certainly gives us food for thought that that like, names are very essential to to the makeup and to the uh, reality of of things. The importance also um, seems to lead us to believe that in the Bible it's saying that names are things that bear on the future, 
Um, there are parts of the Talmud where it discusses the idea of Shema Garim, that, which in Aramaic means a name actually can cause um, or can provoke um, the future of the particular person. It makes a person more um, likely or um, more prone <clears throat> to be a certain way or to do certain things with his life. Um, there's a, there's an idea that it comes from the from the Bible also that says Kishmo Kain Hu, like a name actually reflects the person himself, what he is. Um, there are ways that we see in the Bible that changing names was actually incredibly uh, a fateful decision that changed the the whole future. Of, of particular people, like when God comes and changes the name of Abraham and Sarah, he changes their names almost, we're led to believe, to, to in order to give them an upper, different type of opportunity in life. It's, it almost sounds like naming opens certain kinds of energies, like an energy flow right. that is available to you. And when God changes uh, Avram's name to Abraham, there was like a new energy there that allowed for him to have more possibilities or do different things that weren't avail available for him before. Right, exactly. Um, and it doesn't happen once or twice. I mean, Yaakov's name, which which sounds like it's a little bit easier to analyze than Avraham and Sarah, Avram being the original name and Sarai being the original name. And the Torah says why Avraham actually changes his name uh, or God tells him to change his name because Avraham is more global. Like Abraham is, let's so to speak, going global. He, his his influence is going to affect the whole world, and that's the extra hay in his name. And Sarai also changes to Sarah. Yaakov's name changes to Israel, which is more particular uh, a reference to the nation that's going to come from him. That's going to be a Kisarita Melokim Vanashim That it's going to be a, a nation of of, of leaders. Um, so it's interesting that. This, these ideas are still in some way um, understood to be uh, applicable and relevant today, in, at least in the Jewish tradition. Um, sometimes when a person is in dire straits, um, either because of his own decisions or because of uh, unfortunate disease, a person will change their name. A person will change their name. Um, when a person changes their name, it's understood that their whole mazal change, their, their whole, their, their, let's say their luck or their energies change. And there's rational reasons that we can explain for that, that affect, of course, higher and more spiritual realms. But we know the person now with a different name. So it kind of somewhat rationally opens up new channels, but it's really a spiritual idea. But that's been carried over since, you know, biblical times. Um, it's mentioned in regards, like I said, if people make bad decisions in their lives and they want to return, they want to do the, you know, engage in the concept of chuba, of making amends, of you know, improving their lives, bettering their lives. There is this idea of shinui Hashem, of changing your name, and that's really change your name. Um, sometimes people go through conversion processes and they change their names. They're becoming a different person. They're saying to themselves, "I'm not that person anymore that I want to be different." From I want to be different. I want to be this person, and uh, and something that's so so deep and so significant is when they change their name to do so. 
um, names also are almost um, foretold before people are born. And we've had at least three cases in the Tanakh and the Bible where names are almost prophetically, not almost, they are prophetically introduced um, so that the, the the person that's going to be born will assume this name that's already been given to them before they're born. It also gets us thinking like, whoa, there's something very essential about what the person's name is. Um, Yitzchak, as an example, you know, the patriarch Yitzchak is named Yitzchak before he's born. And um, and you'd say, well, what a funny name, literally, to be named. Yitzchak, you know, means laughter. <laughs> Why would he be called laughter? We're not going to get into particulars, but the point is that that name Yitzchak was so important that it was actually foretold before his birth. So all of these examples teach us that a name is not just a, a subtlety. It's not just a you know a, 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 a it's not just a um, a little tidbit of life. It's it's a it's an important. It's not just a detail. It's an important par- part of who we are. I think we would all agree with that, wouldn't you? I do. I think among them saying we hear people say all the time, I identify so much with my hair, my style, and obviously the name is something. Our name is what we all identify with on a baseline. We all identify with our name and and what that means to us and. A lot of the times people who are named after people feel very close to those people they were named after or feeling like they they belong to a certain um, history that they're bringing forth with them. Saying names can be very, very meaningful. And I think a lot of people definitely identify with their names just as much as a lot of people identify with a whole bunch of other things, which is why I think it's so powerful on a very psychological level, not even so spiritual when people make big changes that they change their name as well, because it, it almost symbolizes that there's, this is a different person and that the identity has changed. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, when you're, when you're mentioning um, people who don't, you know, like certain parts about them what, themselves, what, what would you, what are you thinking when somebody says, you know, I don't like my name. Do you know anyone like that? I do. <laughs> Not just their second name, you know, sometimes parents tuck in a second or third name that, you know, are kind of disposable. So you say, I don't know why they're calling me. No, I know someone who really, really dislikes her name, and I was always very confused about it. Well, to me, that's a little worrisome, wouldn't you say, based on what we're saying? Because it's so much a part of you, so that means it's almost like you don't like yourself. I think this particular person was more about she didn't like the name or maybe it wasn't so common so it felt a bit odd but it's I'm saying there's so much to unpack there exactly exactly but there's what there is what to unpack I'm just saying it's not if a person said you know I don't like uh I don't like uh you know I I I play uh certain things in my life or I do certain things I don't I don't like the way I do this particular thing but the closer you get to yourself like if a person has a body image, he says, you know, I just don't like the way, I don't like my face. <laughs> so you'd say, okay, you know, this person's, uh, we're not talking about, you know, a young adolescent. We're talking about a person who's in their 20s. And they, they say something like that. It's it's worrisome because that means that they haven't come to to grips with their reality. 
Right, an acceptance of, of self. Right, and, and a, perhaps a celebration of what it is that they are and how they can um, understand positively what it is that they bring and then what it is that they, they offer to others and what it is that they are to themselves. When you don't like your name, I just I don't think it's so trivial. That's what I'm saying. It, it's not That's not my point here it doesn't have to be uh the case but I, to me it's it's a it's a worrisome thing because i think essentially even today names are not just some triviality they're they're really you and they're so tied up with who you are that you can't even imagine yourself being something else most of the time you you subconsciously know your name all the time you it's the first thing you identify with mhm so what about then like, I, I'm just thinking about people who I've met who have names that seem very random and not necessarily meaningful. I'm saying meeting someone whose name is Apple or her name is Almond or Thunder. And it's we have in the Jewish tradition as well a lot of names that seem to be very, like I said before, like not very meaningful or kind of odd, like right. naming our children after trees and different kinds of animals. Like, how do we understand that? And how does that to the way we identify with ourselves? And Right. I'm sure I'm sure you're going to remember Ayala, me mentioning that story uh, that I read in the Wall Street Journal many, many years ago of the oil tycoon whose last name was Hogg. And he named his two daughters, Yura and Ima. You know, Yura Hogg, Ima Hogg. I mean, that's a cruel joke. And. I just can't help but feeling sorry for those girls, um, not just because of the social thing, but it's like, what what kind of an image of yourself are you going to have, really? I don't think it's trivial, really. I'm going I'm going to insist. I just don't think it's uh, something to play with. But what you're bringing up is interesting, like the idea of naming things after other things. Now, in the in the Bible, in this week's Torah portion, we're reading about you know inspirations and moments in life where. Those usually mothers or sometimes fathers are feeling moments of triumph and moments to celebrate with the birth of a child. Sometimes it's actually not such celebration. Actually, Benjamin is the name of Rachel's of Rachel's uh, son, who um, was ultimately meant her demise because she died in childbirth, and she wanted to call her child Ben Oni, which means the son of my affliction, of my suffering. And upon hearing that, Yaakov, the husband, changed it a slightly so to respect her wishes, made it into Bin Yamin, which is Yamin is like more of strength, the son of my strength. There's a lot of names like that. We have um, also Nechama, which is the uh, cons- consolation. What are we consoling? There's in Spanish, you have Dolores, which is pain. Right. Well, we've definitely seen what I want to get to over here at this point is that there are original names, you know, based on those types of feelings. But then there are names where there are be- the names are being named after something else. So what we can discover about that is like we can analyze two different types of ideas, which are really the same, but it's it's two different names for the same idea. One is called a namesake, and one is called an eponym. An eponym is the thing itself that other things are named after, and the namesake is the thing. It could be a thing, right? Or a person, let's just keep it re- reference to people. A person, let's say, who gets the name from someone else, so he is that person's namesake, right? So if my, if I am after my name that particularly named after my great uncle, so I am my great uncle's namesake. My great uncle to me 
is an he is an eponymous great uncle because he gives me his name. That's just two different words that mean the same thing in just different directions. But as I was looking into it, um, I realized that the an eponym goes back almost as far as we have history. Names were given after other things and after other people. The Jewish people are called the Bnei Yisrael, right? After Yisrael, after the patriarch Yaakov. The Canaanite people were called Canaanim, after that particular individual who was the son of Noah, and so on and so on and so forth. There's many other nations, Moabim, Ammonim, Amalekim. I mean, it's, it's, it seems to be as old as time. And as I was looking a little bit further, I realized that there's so many other names that we think are original words, but really they're just names after other things. Here's some funny ones. The Adam's apple. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> I mean, we call it the Adam's apple, right? Because of Adam, right? And what about a leotard? Was that a person? Yes. His name, <laughs> his name, was, his name was Jules Leotard. And he was a trapeze artist. Now well, we all wear leotards. And... What about what about the word echo? So echo is was actually um, a Greek mythological figure who was a nymph that was cursed um, to only be able to talk and repeat the last words spoken to her. So when you go into the meaning of words, you find that it's they're consistent and very very very, very frequent um, eponymous namings. You know, things are named after other things. Basically, there is this basic idea in the world that life is a cycle and it's repetitive and we can gain inspiration from things that existed before and carry on those ideas and those strengths into slightly different life and different situation and different context. But it's, it's a life cycle which is, is what's being said over here. And that's um, that has a lot to do with um, you know, what Solomon says, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, which basically means that in the physical world, things are repetitive. And so names kind of repeat themselves also in a way, perhaps not the exact same way. That's what we're going to discover now. Um, when did that actually be, you know, Talporquala, as you say in Spanish, you know, this name for that particular person, um, the same name or, you know, inspirational names. But basically so much of our spoken word, the spoken language, are ep eponyms for other things. So just, just to be clear, though, eponym is when you name something after something that already exists. Oh, that's the other way, right? I, I, I confuse that. That's a namesake. There's, you don't usually use namesakes by, you know, words. You use it by people. So just to keep it simple, if this particular person's name is Arthur Jr., so he's Arthur Sr.'s namesake. Arthur Sr. to Arthur Jr. is his eponym. Arthur Sr. is the eponym for Arthur Jr. Okay, so he's he's the original, he's the OG right. to the person who gets the other name. Exactly. So the bird is the OG to the person who's going to be called bird. Right, exactly. So what, what we're saying in this part of the, you know, just bringing in this fancy word called eponym, is basically that the idea is that it's implicit 
that the experience and behavior of like that which came before us, like ancestors, is meant to be a harbinger for people who assume that name. You understand? Because it's it's actually felt that way almost. Like the name is the name was taken from something else because somehow there's a projection to be like that person or that thing. You know, in the larger sense, the idea the copying of a of 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 names things names given to certain things becomes almost synonymous with the, that essence that they possess which is what the those people doing the naming want to continue into the new life or the new thing whatever it is so let's get back to um the issue of like when did the things change in the jewish tradition at least like it's um you know today there's a there's an ambiguity um there's a little bit of a uh, you know mixed feelings when it comes to you know, should I just get really inspired and put a name on my child, or should I just look at my family tree, family tree, and start from there and forget about it and try not to be too fancy? I, when I was looking around on the subject, I found that there's actually a source, a very old source from the midrash in Bereshit, that um, seems to indicate that at a particular point in time. There are scholars that estimate that it happened about 2,000 years ago in the Tanaic period, after the destruction, a little bit before, sorry, the destruction of the second commonwealth of the Jewish people in Israel. Things started changing. People started using other people's names and not, you know, creating these new, new newfangled names. And there's actually two opinions about why that happened. Rabbi Yossi, he says that since times were changing and were getting a little bit more difficult for the Jewish people, there was a need to anchor and to foster a sense of community and belonging, which is important to say anyway, because that's really what naming does after someone that was in your family tree, family line, or in your amongst your people, you know, you're naming. And that's important to note that, you know, we have midrashic sources that say, you know, a sense of belonging and a sense of identity is so tied up with your name that the Jewish people, since they maintained their identity, even though they were totally assimilated into the culture of Egypt, you're talking thousands of years before that, they were able to stay intact because they maintained their names. So it's so important. It's like, what's your name? You know, who do you identify with? Who are you? Who are you? So that... Um, certainly was it echoes in the words of Rabiosi here saying that, you know, you could also do it proactively, not just, you know, keep the names, but also proactively look for, towards the future saying, you know, we're going to, we're going to need to name our children after our, um, after those that have existed before them. So that this creates this tight knit feeling of like, yeah, of course I have my grandfather's name. I have my great grandfather's name. I have et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully that's accompanied with a sense of pride and belonging. Simon, Shimon ben Gamliel, the other sage, had a different opinion, accompanying, I mean, I think, uh, complementing the first. He says that um, the reason why we don't take the liberty anymore to name our children, you know, these uh, original names is because the ancestors had divine inspiration. And they had like a special type of uh, spiritual guide when it came to naming the children properly. 
that means that the, the connotation of uh, what this sage is saying is that uh, a little along the lines of what we're saying is that you can't really play around. You shouldn't. It's not a good idea to play around with names. Let's just say if you're saying if you're naming a child for something like truly, you know, spiritual that's really connecting and it really means something. It's not like some superficial, fleeting idea or something to impress other people, you know, or I don't know some other uh, highly superficial motivation. Then um, he says, that's great. You know, that's what you find in Tanakh. That's what you find in the Bible. But he says those days are, are pretty much gone. And perhaps, you know, I don't want to sound like too judgmental if a person decides to name their children uh, <clears throat> something super original, you know, like, you know, ocean. I mean, you know, I love the ocean. I'll name my child ocean. You know, besides, it, you know, the fact that if the name is really new and novel, what's that going to do to the child? But we, we said we'd keep that out of the conversation. What is that child growing up going to identify with? You know, the ocean? I mean, it could be. It's just that this particular sage is saying that to have divine inspiration, you need to be someone from a different, a different time. What about the people who are called ocean or almond or apple or in the Jewish tradition, trees or birds or different animals, um, leaving a bit more of the parent um, perspective aside and, and now taking it more to what we can all take away from this. How can we make our names meaningful and relevant to us today if we still haven't? Right. It's I guess we're, we're it's a positive association. You, if if you're, I guess if my name was Ocean, I would really want to identify with the ocean and what the ocean um, says to me. You know, what kind of positive association I I, I think of when I think of the ocean. You know, because I think there's a lot of beautiful things about the ocean, not necessarily the way it looks. Yeah, but maybe you don't like the ocean. Maybe you're scared stiff of the ocean. You know, who knows? But you don't have to identify with the ocean. Ocean has energies and it, it pulls, but it gives. I'm saying there's, I think even. Per- like for all you people who don't like your names or are listening to this and going like, oh man, my name isn't based on anyone or like my mom kind of had this inspiration to kind of name me this. I think that it's, it, you know, it is not, all is not lost. And um, it would be a great exercise in um, self-awareness and self-identity to be able to look at our names and ask ourselves what we want our names to really mean and what we're going to make out of our names, whether it's based on someone or not or on something. Um, what would you like to make out of it? And what would you like it to mean that you can act out and live live it every day? Right. And that's not just like positive thinking about anything. It's very, very essential to you because it's your name. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that's going to leave you forever. You're always going to be known with that. So it's just getting to know yourself. To basically wrap it up, you know, we have this uh, very complex but interesting thoughts to think about when it comes to naming, naming our children, uh, associating ourselves to our names, not taking names lightly, knowing that life is a is a cycle and the naming of things basically has to do with the um, continuation of that which existed before us and taking the best from it and to use it with whatever is coming and whatever we as dear to us to to push the world forward in a more positive way so our value that's our value self-awareness self-consciousness um in uh, the positive way through our names and by all means please do consider this type of uh, argument or this type of thinking the next time it comes 
God willing, in your life to name your children. Think long and hard about it. It's a very important decision that you're making. It's not trivial. Even though the we have a mystical tradition from the Zohar that says that every parent that puts a name is somewhat divinely inspired. I think that's kind of like a post facto thing. I think that because we're doing such an important thing, it must be divinely inspired. That's why I understand that source. It's just, we perhaps we're not conscious of it, but we're doing something that's going to determine the future of this person. And I think that's what it means. It's divinely inspired. So think about it hard. It's not a trivial thing. And think about the, the life of your children also and their happiness. But more importantly for this podcast, think about how deep the name of all of us runs in our psyche and in our future. Nice. Everybody have an awesome weekend. Be blessed. And we will be with you next week. Remember, if you have any comments, reviews, if this triggered you, we want to know, we want to hear. Give us a little holla on uh, Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to us. To us um, just put out a comment, tell us, reach out. And um, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs>